0: welcome back everyone this is the house of ron no this isn't this is the flow track podcast i do too many podcasts that's the third second time i've done this happy friday i'm kevin sully joined by gordon mack flow podcast at gmail.com is the email address subscribe to the youtube channel if you can you can be a member as well you can join gordon's goons you can join kevin's team gordon is hearing things in his ear are you okay your headphones okay we're off to a rough start Well. You-
1: well, first of all he threw me off with the whole house of run stuff this is the flow track podcast man the one yeah and yeah, only. yeah yeah too, it's man.
0: okay i get
1: you it you're we'll multiple your running podcasts okay. i am hearing thing i am hearing things in my ear okay but I, apparently it's just me and my head we should be fine we got a jam-packed episode exciting going into friday weekend not much track action we have a little bit of cross-country action winding down into the holiday season we'll do some good. Uh, recapping of the year pods where we kind of not predict but we say who the best in this and that best of this that and the other thing uh superlatives of the year which will be fun next week and the week after
0: but big uh
1: big episode today
0: we got some what are you hearing what are you hearing
1: in your ear i want to know it sounds it just sounds like i'm in like a wind tunnel
2: okay are your headphones plugged all the way in have we tried that?
0: Okay, Gordon's trying to reconnect his headphones. While we do that, I'll remind people you can subscribe to the Flowtrack Podcast YouTube channel. Are you gonna have to re- Gordon's have to refresh now? We went backwards with our setup here. But you can become a member on YouTube if you'd like. Exclusive content. So hit the join button if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're not, you can find the archive and then hit that Join button, get custom gifts, emojis, all sorts of fun stuff in the chat, and then you get free content. Gordon, can you hear us now? There he is. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I can hear you. It's all right. just,
1: you know, we'll figure right. it out.
0: All right, we're fine. We're fine, okay. We're good, Gordon's good. Uh, first thing I wanna talk about, first thing I wanna talk about, East Bay Nationals this weekend, formerly Foot Locker Nationals taking place in San Diego. This is the final national championship for the high schoolers out there. And a lot of interesting storylines, Gordon. On the girl side, we could start there. Uh, Natalie Cook is going for the Garmin Running Lane Championships and East Bay Sweep back-to-back. She dominated last week in Alabama. So it'll be really fun to see her again in action. Looks like her best competition is probably going to come Um, from someone who did not run at Garmin running lane, somebody who uh, was running their regional and and looked very good doing it. That's Angelina Perez of New Jersey. If you dive into the the speed rankings, those two have the two best marks of the year. Perez uh, committed to Florida and Natalie Cook committed to Oklahoma State next
1: year. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. We're not going to have any Jenna Hutchins in the 2021 cross-country season. Um, but Natalie Cook is running very well, uh, even without someone like Jenna on the scene. And for her to pull off a potential East Bay Garmin double. Who had East Bay Garmin double as like a phrase in 2021, like two or three years ago? Because everyone was NXM yeah. Footlocker double. Yeah. Foot Locker yeah. NXM double. But now we're in the Garmin East, East Bay double.
0: double. Yeah. Different world. Hey, we have oh, the world. championships this year. Last year, we didn't have any. Because you look at the top returners from the meet, and a lot of it's not very useful because you're going back two years, which in high school is an eternity.
2: Yeah. So, hey, you know, I'm excited. Guess
1: what? The the audio, it's gone. So my ears are perfect now. Just so everyone good. knows. I'm, good, in, a good, good. I'm in a good space now.
0: Yeah, everybody's excited about that. Um, all right. I'm looking at the chat right now people are joining the goons like a lot of people according to the chat at least and it's uh people That's right I need, I need i need somebody i need somebody uh but not not going back to natalie cook it, in terms of um how she's gonna do this weekend in full locker i mean she won garmin gordon by like 19 seconds right so she is she's putting forth some some pretty strong strong performances um this year 1603 that was the second fastest time ever only the aforementioned jenna hutchins has run uh quicker over 5k so i i think we could see something special here obviously completely different course the morley port morley park course in san diego famously has that big uphill followed by that big downhill the running lane course was 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 pretty flat, flat so she's gonna have to change up in terms of strategy a bit here but it will be a true test here to see k okay, can she come back one week after this really big race ran an incredible time. Can she do it again against some of the same people, but also some new folks who who didn't race against her in Alabama.
1: Yeah. And I think she will. I mean, you don't win by that wide of a margin and not have, you know, the ability to follow it up against a different field. Like one of the main competitors is going to be someone that she already beat. So Mm -hmm. I think that she's, the more heavy favorite compared to on the men's side, which we'll get to. Uh, mm-hmm. But, again, anything can happen. You never know. She could have a bad day, and all of a sudden we have a, a different champion at the East Bay level. But mm-hmm. right now, if I'm a betting man, if there were odds, I would put a lot of a lot of my cash on Natalie Cook. You Can't do that legally yet, but one day I'll be able to bet on Natalie Cook winning the double Garmin East Bay Championship. That's what a great do you part think-
0: of I thought it was interesting that you have Hutchins who's committed to b y u but you have Cook, Oklahoma State, and then Perez, Florida.
2: pretty interesting, yeah, uh, Oklahoma State and Florida getting the two and three runners right now,
1: especially the f- Oklahoma state you can kind of see, but the Florida one is kind of like, "Wow, okay. Uh, Chris is doing something special out there again, trying to get a a great Florida talent, a great talent into Florida. But mm-hmm. normally, you know, we're used to seeing Stanford getting the top one, or obviously the North Carolina schools. Um, but yeah, you kind of seeing some parity going on, where some other schools are able to nab some of the top talent, and it's not just all going to Oregon, Stanford, you know, Colorado, NC State. NC State. North, north carolina,
0: carolina. <laughs> so everybody go, was going, going to a few other yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody was concentrated in north carolina and north carolina state i just i thought it was it was interesting recruiting is a little bit was a little bit difficult to follow the past couple of years just because of the, the the pandemic and the comings and goings you didn't know who was on whose team who was transferring i just thought that was interesting okay let's switch over to the men's side boys side rather i should say okay so you have um The Newberry Park crew is not going to be there, obviously. They put all their eggs in the running lane. And so we have Gavin Sherry, who did not run at running lane, coming in probably as the top seed. He won the East Bay Northeast Regional. He's from Connecticut. And then you have some guys who did run at running lane and looked pretty good. And one of them was Zane Bergen from Colorado, who broke up the Newberry Park top four. By finishing fourth in that race, then you also have Riley Ho, who was one spot behind Bergen, who came in as the number one ranked runner, and he actually beat Bergen in the East Bay Midwest Regional. It went Ho, Isaiah Story, and then Bergen. So Bergen went from third at East Bay Midwest to getting fourth at Running Lane. So it's kind of difficult to figure out who the favorite should be, and we just put up there some of the the picks from from those mile split experts um looks like most people think well two of the three think sherry um bergen and ho also getting mentioned as well so it looks like it's those three are are the popular names here how do you see this race playing out with um with the newberry park crew not being there but a bunch of the other top names are
1: yeah i mean right now Gavin Sherry is like just being given the benefit of the doubt because he's the only one that's kind of zagged when everyone was zigging, right? Because Bergen, how all these other guys were at running lane, and he was just keeping it simple, doing what I'm doing. I'm going, staying in the northeast, doing that, yeah. and winning. He he did run a very fast time there. I think he broke uh, Don Cabral's high school record on that course. Yeah. So. He himself is starting to break some records, not just the Newberry Park boys. So he may be looking like, hey, I'm the fastest ever come out of this region. And now I can try to become one of the fastest ever run in San Diego. And I think because his record is kind of flawless, he hasn't really – but he also hasn't really beaten – he hasn't had been challenged by the Newberry boys. So you have that factor. I think at the end of the day, though, he's flawless. There's no reason to doubt him right now. He's one of the top guys in the country. So I'm willing to give it to Sherry as the favorite. Not give him as winning, but to crown him as the favorite. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's round two for Bergen and, and Riley to try to, you know, rematch a, between the two of them and say, hey, Newberry's not here now. Now it's just us. Now we're going up against Gavin Sherry. Maybe we can uh, take down one guy as opposed to going up against a group of four. But I, I like the, the, the ranking of Sherry, Bergen, and then Howe.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and Bergen and Howe were real close to each other in, in Alabama. Just one second. So flip a coin on, on that one. Let's play more recruiting here. Do, do you know where these guys are going, these three?
1: I believe Sherry's going to Stanford.
0: Sherry's going to Stanford. Right, guess guess well, okay. where Bergen is going. What state's he from? Colorado.
2: Going to Colorado? He's going to Stanford. Stanford, okay. Stanford, Stanford. Do you know where Riley Ho is going? North Carolina. I'll give you a hint. Not Stanford. North Carolina? No. Oregon. He's from Michigan. He's going to Michigan Michigan
1: State. Michigan State. Ooh, Michigan State. 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 That's a... Yeah. Replace in Morgan Beetle Scum, you know, like that.
0: Big pickup there, big pickup. Stanford there. though. And then, go ahead. Where's uh Margo Langan going? Margo Langan, let me see, is committed to Villanova.
1: Villanova. Oh, oh, there we go. Some uh, Philadelphia it, love in there.
0: I, this I could be I'm all changing show. my picks.
1: Mar- Margo for the win. I'm going all in on Margo. He is my. I'm, I'm, I'm just. <sighs> I just feel like he's the guy. He has it in his blood. The Stanford boys, no, I don't believe in it anymore. I'm all in on Margot Langan. I mean, Olivia Ekpone has him finishing fourth. Corey Mole mm-hmm. has him finishing third. Gordon Mack has him finishing first. Margot Langan, for the win. I'm doing he it. He
0: was second second in Northeast, four seconds behind Sherry. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. he was playing with him. He's like, we don't, hey, top eight qualify, we're good. We're just going to take it easy, let him have his victory by four seconds, and then he's going to get him in this one. This is like... NAU getting second or third at the regional, and then they come mm-hmm. back and win. When BYU crushed them, that's what we're seeing right here. Sherry crushed Langan in the regional. Langan's going to have the last laugh.
0: Upset pick there from Gordon. Upset. This is a fun game. where I just click the person. I say, guess where they're from. And then <laughs> guess where they're going, and guess where they're from. Uh, the next ranked person, Hayes, Gitch Hayes, is committed to North Carolina. So there's your North Carolina pick. You kept mentioning North Carolina, so I wanted to give you at least one runner that's going to North Carolina, and there it is in Hayes. Is there
1: anything that Gavin Sherry or whoever the eventual champion here is could do that would be more impressive than Newberry Park? I guess, like, are they just creating an unrealistic standard for these guys? Because, like, are we going to see a Foot Locker champion, and we're going to be like, yeah, that's great. You didn't break 14-10, you know?
0: here's the thing because newberry park is so good as a group we don't really pay attention to them individually yeah as much so i think yeah i mean sherry breaks the one of these guys breaks the course record there that's a historic mark people would obviously talk about it but when you're talking about newberry park you're not talking about one guy you're talking about the whole group like in isolation if colin Salman went out and ran 1403. And if those other Newberry Park guys weren't there, so if he ran 1403 to Zane Bergen's, let's say 1409, all the talk would be about Salmon. It wouldn't really be about Newberry Park. But because Newberry yeah. Park goes and scores 29 and has four of the top, what are the rank, what are the latest rankings say? Four of the top 15 or 10? Do they have?
1: Well, they have three of oh, the top three Aaron. now.
0: And they have Aaron at nine. So. Because they have four in the top nine, that's that's just where everybody's focus is gonna go. Because why wouldn't it? It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I'm really liking my Is it oh, is it Margo or Marco? Marco. Marco, A- oh, A- i A- calling him
1: Margo. A- I think they spelled his name wrong on the, the thing. So Marco. Sorry Marco. Let's call you Margo? I'll be following you on your villain over days. Dude, he's gonna win. Like, low key. This guy's going
2: to win.
0: I'm I, ready for this. I, I'm, I'm excited. See, now, now you have a real strong reason to watch. So
2: I do. East Bay Champs
0: on Saturday. Check it out. All right. Let's go to the track. Some track news here. Charlie
2: Hunter of Oregon. Mid-distance stud. Reps Australia. Going pro.
0: Going pro, Gordon. Put out a little video and at the end of the video, they flashed a logo. It wasn't just the Nike logo. It was a logo for Pete Julian's group that does not have a name yet. So they didn't actually say the name because there's no name to say. And then later Donovan Brazier talked about how he was pumped to train with him. So Charlie Hunter, uh, we assumed he was going pro. You were talking about that, I think, an episode or two ago, but now we know where he's going. So he's not going to be with that same group with Hawker and tier in Eugene. He's going to be training with, uh, with Pete Julian's group, which gives him the opportunity to train with Donovan Brazier, which is pretty good person to train with.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially he's focused on the, I mean, he is a good miler, but I think he's recognizing his bread and butter is the, the 800. And if you have an opportunity to train with Donovan Brazier, to be like crushed in workouts by the fastest man in the world, you take it and then you become even better. So uh, I think it's gonna be a good signs for him. I think he's gonna be making multiple Australian teams and he has the potential to, you know, make a career out of, you know, making multiple finals and always be in the hunt to potentially get a medal. Like if your training partner is Diamond Brazier, you're, you're in good hands.
2: Trivia question.
0: Who's older, Donovan Brazier or
2: Charlie Hunter? Well, Charlie Hunter. Correct. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't think people would assume that.
1: Well, okay, well, I would, but he, he was an old he was an old dude for Oregon, right? He he's like twenty four. Twenty
0: five. Right twenty five.
1: Twenty-five, yeah. So he should be going pro, let's be honest. He shouldn't be running in college at the age of twenty-five. So the whole like international athlete the age in high school and it doesn't count towards the eligibility thing you know oregon a lot of ncaa schools are able to kind of manipulate that to get much older athletes like oh i'm a 23 year old freshman because i technically never went to college yeah even though i was running on a club in in a different country uh but think about this man it's kind of wild the the oregon dmr the 2021 oregon dmr of cooper tier cole hawker and charlie Hunter. It's yeah. probably one of the greatest DMRs we will ever see. I mean, two Olympians on it, one guy who is almost an Olympian. Yeah. Who, it's just, like, crazy. Well,
0: and we could have seen it run. They could have run it back, too. They could have. That's could've. the even yeah. crazy part. So you have on the same team the 2016 NCAA champion in the 800 in Donovan Brazier and the 2021 NCAA 800-meter champion in Charlie Hunter. And the 2021 NCAA champion is older than the 2016 NCAA champion.
2: That is a fun fact. That's a Use wild fact. Use that in I, trivia. I know.
0: I think I think I'll have to. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, Hunter was was great last year. You look at the 1500s and the mile performances, um, and then when you get to his main event, the 800, he was he was really solid. Made the semis. In Tokyo I think he's he's gonna be great and the fact that he's older I think will help because he's mature he's stepping into um a training situation where he's training with the best guy in the world when he's healthy it'll be fun and Brazier I mean who who does Brazier train with really at this point because I know angles is off um uh, he's down in Mississippi now right and then there a lot of other members of the group um, when it, when it got disbanded, um, went different ways. So I don't know. I mean, already it was kind of split between who trained with Salazar and who trained with, with Pete Julian. So I don't know how many, how many people he has trained with. So this is, this is probably a ideal situation for him as well too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you, I mean, even training with angles, you're training with a miler, right? So that's good and all for certain types of workouts, but then there's those, fast stuff that Mm -hmm. no one's gonna be able to keep up with him and i think hunter will be because he's gonna be expected to be able to run 48 seconds you know round of 49 consistently you
2: know so yeah not that
1: craig angles can't do that but you know there's a difference between 800 speed and 1500 speed
0: yeah trevor in the chat asks how will oregon track look this year after losing three studs Gordon, what do you think?
1: Uh, not as good as last year. Um,
0: <laughs> Breaking news.
1: They I, let me bring up a uh, my
2: document that I
1: use on Oregon.
0: Wow.
2: Hold on, give
1: document me, that, that yeah, I use I'm,
0: on Oregon. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds interesting to me. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I'm just looking at who they have now on their roster. Let
0: me bring it up.
1: So, okay. Obviously, they lose Hunter. They'll have Luis Peralta, who's just like a – he's just—he's a good 800-meter guy, but he's not great. They'll still have Reed Brown, who's like a good miler, but not great. They still have Aaron Benfeld, who will be a, a good 5 3K, 10K guy, but not great. Um, so they have like good but not great in the distance. By great, I'm meaning like can potentially finish like top four in a final. Yeah. Um, they, they obviously are going to be put a lot of weight on their sprinters this year between Micah Williams and this guy named Xavier Narn. Uh, they're going to be looked to upon to, to score a lot in the, in the shorter stuff. Um, they have a good multi-athlete and they have a good triple jumper. So it's going to be a unique kind of year for them because we're used to Oregon distance, Oregon distance, right? And mm-hmm. while there will be some Oregon distance there, Big points will be coming in the sixty of Michael Williams, in the triple jump from this guy named Emmanuel Imaji, and in the maltese. And uh the just like the stars at the distance level, they're all just they're pro now, right? Now yeah. new people might might arrive, but you don't really see that. I mean, the best distance persons they have are Peralta and Brown, and they have good times. Like Peralta's run one forty six, Brown's run three fifty six in the mile. But you know. 146 and 356 is not really an elite time anymore, you know? Right. You need to to be running 354 and 145, 144. So we'll still be good, but they're not going to be as good as they were, obviously, this past year.
0: Yeah, and as uh, Tom brings up in the chat, he says Oregon really needs some good recruits and and transfers, and transfers is the the wild card, right? And also international athletes as well, too recruits like if you just look at that group that dmr they hit really well on both their recruits and that's not always a guarantee but tier and hawker they were as good as advertised and then you have a great international athlete coming in 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 charlie hunter but that doesn't always happen and all it takes is having one or two recruits not pan out and you're struggling for a bit and then if you do want to rely on transfers well then the amount of time that they're there isn't as long, so then they're moving on and then you're getting this high level of turnover. So
2: You know yeah, it's gonna have a
0: you can't replace that. I mean it's just impossible. As you mentioned, it's like one of the greatest DMR groups of all time.
1: So I am gonna make a prediction now, December tenth of twenty twenty one.
2: You know who's gonna have the best DMR hmm. in the country? Can you guess? Are you gonna say NAU? No. Who do you think I would say? Notre Dame. Nope. Stan. guessing. Nope. One more guess, and then I'll tell you.
0: Uh, Villanova.
2: Nope.
1: Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going ah. to the best DMR in the country.
0: That was my next guess. You know
1: why? Why? They have a great transfer. You know who their transfer is? Hmm. The Division Two NCAA champion in the mile, Mr. James Young from Academy of Art.
0: He's okay. transferring,
1: so you throw him. They got Mario Garcia Romo, and then they yeah. are, they have a guy named uh, Baylor Franklin, who's a one forty seven eight hundred meter guy, and John Rivera, who's a one forty eight. So they have two good eight hundred meter runners, and they have two great milers in Young and Garcia Romo. That that's 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 the recipe you need, right? Go, to put it together, calling it
0: shot on December. So yeah, January. Ole Miss,
1: twenty twenty two champs, calling it. I saw this
0: story. I got excited about it because I like it when people do multiple events. And I especially like it when people have already won a gold medal, do multiple events. Uh, Yulimar Rojas said that she wants to do the long jump next year, which is really exciting. She's obviously long jumped before, but she's completely obliterated the record book in, in the triple jump. So it's fun that she would take on this challenge. So she just for perspective, her wind legal PB is 688 but she jumped a 7.27 wind aided with a plus 2.7. And just for reference, world record outdoors is 7.52. That record is obviously stronger than the people consider it stronger than the the triple jump world record. So she has some work to do, but I like that she's going for it, even if we're not talking about world records, if we're just talking about her competing. She mentioned the interview, like last year she – was thinking about doing it but because of the way the schedule was in tokyo they couldn't do it which let's just pause for a second and say how ridiculous it is you have a 10-day track meet and you can't figure out how to not overlap the long jump and the triple jump guys what are we doing here like what are we we're not making accommodations for safan asan tripling or anything crazy like that we're just asking don't put the long jump and the triple jump on top of each other you got enough runways you got enough time make it happen i digress are you excited about this? I mean, this, this is, this is kind of fun because she's good enough in the event where you can see the possibilities, but she obviously isn't a shoe in because it's an entirely different event.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know too much. i not, when I say too much, I know nothing about the mechanics and the crossover ability between triple jumping and long jumping, you know, the dumb me just says well they're both horizontal jumps they both require similar muscle strength groups that you just got to do it differently like one time you're jumping three times the other time you're jumping one time it's just more you know, speed and long it's jump the same yeah you more just speed, need to run fast down the run. Jump. yeah just run fast down along the, the runway so my dumb self would say like hey it's not that big of a a challenge but the same time it is something that's like kind of unique where some people decide to not like be very diverse in track and field and just go all in on one simple one event like they're even like 100 meter guys who are like i don't want to i don't want to do the 200 you know like they're like i'm just going all in on the 100 200 it's not for me and that's like whoa why don't you why don't you want to get good in both and i think Rojas was like, yeah, I can be the greatest that's ever lived in triple jump. Why do I need to go and get seventh in the long jump when I could just be perfect in the triple? And I think now that she's done everything she could ever do in the triple jump, I think it's time for her to give herself a new challenge. It reminds me of when Ashton Eaton was like, hey, I'm going to try to get good in the 400 hurdles. Let's -hmm. see if I can make like a Diamond League final in the 400 hurdles. and I look at it that way. When you're, She's such a great athlete that she needs a new th- new carrot to attach. And it's like, hey, what if I got really good in the long jump? And then I can challenge myself in 2024 and try to become a, a double Olympic champion. You Because know? mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to lose her triple jump dominance by putting more time and energy into the long jump. Because she has such a wide margin of victory yeah. that she can afford to kind of lose a few centimeters there and still on that event
0: long jumps obviously more speed based and less technique right that's what they that's what they tell you yeah. so when you talk to people who are historians at a long jump and they talk about why why are the performances um not as good as it used to be a lot of them point to the fact that people are specializing now so there's fast people who could be really good long jumpers but they're not jumping so I mean, we. she's run a eleven ninety four hundred, but that was back in 2013. So that was eight years ago. Like, she doesn't have a hundred to her name. So we don't really know the top end speed. I more just look at, okay, she's long jumped over 720. Yeah, it was wind dated. She clearly has enough speed. She's six foot four. I mean, if she was six foot four running the hundred, you'd be like, wow, that's like a very, very, very tall person running the hundred. Um, she's got the technical aspects down very well it's tough it's no guarantee i i've i remember talking to a track coach a long time ago who said that they pay you know long and jump and triple jump get paired together but they're not in many ways not that compatible at all like they both use runways and they both jump into a pit but there's a lot of differences between the two but because they're both horizontal jumps people group them together so again she's done it enough to where you're like all right she she clearly has the ability to go farther than she has before just how good i don't know and to think she's going to be just as good in the long jump as she is in the triple jump obviously that's that'd be a uh, a really impressive performance for her but i like it again i like it because she's taking on a new challenge and what else is there left to achieve in the triple jump get the top 10 marks of all time <laughs> the top 12 at a certain point you got to do new things to motivate yourself
1: I just thought of something. You we were always talking about how to do fun things in track. And this got me thinking. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this topic. In order for get good in long jump, she's probably going to need to do a little more speed work, maybe hop into a 100. Hear me out. This is what I want to see. I want to see an all Olympic champion 100-meter dash.
2: Mm-hmm. Hear me out.
1: Two races, one man, like one it. woman. And the only people who are allowed to be in it are – 800-meter Olympic champion and up. And the field event Olympic champions. So we're going to have a thing, We're going to have Safana San, We're going to have... Uh, what well, are the other Olympic champions? Steeple champ. Valerie Allman. Valerie Allman. You're going to have the long jump champ. You're going to have... You're going to have Rojas in the triple. You're going to the the shot put champ. Yeah. You're going to have every olympic champion that's not 400 and under because obviously a 400 meter runner or 110 hurdler or whatever do it and we just see who's the fastest olympian like that wouldn't be kind of cool just to see like the greatest athletes in those sports all just do 100 meter dash like obviously we're gonna see the throwers like not thin but you seeing the shot put champ go up against the high hammer throw versus the javelin versus the discus like that's going to be a mini battle, right? Maybe they get a prelim, right? Maybe because there's more than eight people, you have the four throwers do like a first round, and then the winner of that gets to get the no, final no, 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 lane in the final.
0: You put them all. No, no, no one gets in the final. You all got to run through because the, those field event people, a lot of them are going to end up beating the, the 10K person and the steeple person. Yeah. But no, those, I'm going to say those, for the throwers. throwers are
1: quick. The four throwers. Yeah. You go, They're you quick. A thrower can beat. Yes. Safanasan in a hundred.
2: uh depends which thrower, but I think the explosive power the Olympic is, champions. Is,
0: yeah. I think
2: really? They could. I think they could. Yeah. You think Valerie yeah. Rollman could
1: beat
0: Safanasan in a hundred? oof I don't know, but I'd love to see it. You got me. You, right? you got me hooked. It would be cool. This is a good idea. It would be cool. This is a good idea. No, throwers are incredibly explosive. Again, maybe at that last forty meters, starts to close. I guess if we're using blocks, a lot of it would depend on who's seen blocks before and use them. But they're going to be in the lead. They're going to be in the lead at 40, a lot of those throwers are.
2: Yeah. Against distance
0: runners. Now, I think the long jumper is going to win in most cases. We're not including hurdlers?
2: No. It's 400 and under. You don't include.
0: Okay, so the, the long jumper is the favorite in all of these, just to be clear.
1: Yes, oh yeah, long jumper should be the favorite, but this would be the situation where the triple jumper Rojas would want to be she'd want to win this race to kind of get herself prepared to be a long jumper
0: like barsheem oh. versus Krauser, who you got wait Barsheem versus krauser I don't see it. I mean it's good I right? Think
1: Barshim. I think barsheem I think
0: barsheem right Have you ever seen Barsheem, but you've never seen Barsheem run more than 15 meters, not making a like a J. You've never seen him run. Yeah. What
1: you know? about Mondo? What about Mondo in the
2: pole vault? Because he has to run the runway. Mondo would be a good
0: pick. Right. Pole vaulters would be good too. Again, I think distance runners would struggle in this. The 10K okay. runner what about... and the steepler would struggle. 5K runner would struggle. So Mondo
1: versus Emmanuel Correa. Correa actually might win it. Because that's well, he's got the some, 800. He's got some
0: 400 in him.
1: Yeah, because yeah. career and a thing, they you know they do have that 400 speed. So maybe I should, should I not invite 800 meter runners, or should we let them in? So maybe it should be mile and up, like 1500 and up, and then field events.
0: No, let the 800 runners in. Let them okay. In. They get to be in. Okay, give me it. Well, yeah, they get to be in, but you the hurdlers and 400 down. I think you're right. Because okay, I'm going to bring the, long jumper, the long jumper has a, a, a leg up on the, on the 800 person. So if you're gonna exclude anybody, it should be a long jumper because most of those people sprinted. But some of those 800 people have never sprinted in their life.
2: Okay, so I'm gonna bring up the,
1: the... Give me your podium, your top three in this men's 100 meter final. You have Emmanuel Courier, Jakob Ingabritzen. Joshua Cheptegei, Summon Berega, Sulafin El-Bakali, Ilya Kipchoge, Tambury no. and Barsham, Mondo Duplantis, Matildas Tetaloga, the long jump champ, Picardo from triple jump, Krauser, shot put, Daniel Stahl, Discus, Nowicki Nowichk? I did say his name wrong. Hammer throw, yeah. Chopra, javelin throw. And I'm not going to include... Should I include Damian Warner, Decathlon? Yeah. yeah. They do well, so no, they do – no, not include him because they train for the 100. So, no, no Decathlon. You, you're not, you're not he invited.
0: He'd be my pick. Okay, so who's your –
1: what's your pop, top three? What's the order?
0: Uh, I would go Tentaglue first. Okay. I would go – see, I'm a little biased towards Mondo because I know how fast he was because he ran a bunch of 100s in high school. Didn't he win state in the 100, or am I making that up?
1: He didn't win state. He just competed at state, I think, or something like that. he ran,
0: like, I'm thinking he ran 10-7 or something. That number sticks out in my head. And I remember talking to Dennis Shaver when, before he came into LSU, and they were, we were talking about could he make the 4x1? Like, would he put him on the 4x1? And you know how good LSU is. So I'm putting Mondo second, and then I would go Pichardo probably third.
1: So you want to put career or
0: Ingelbertson? No. no. Inger, Inger Bitson's great. Inger Bitson's get great, but most guys, they're getting walked in 100. I'm sorry. I love distance runners. They're getting walked in 100 against all these guys. It's just the reality.
2: I think Emmanuel Courier would win. I don't know why I, I think that. If it was a 200,
0: I, I would, yes, 100%. Yeah. He would blow out everybody in the 200. 100, I don't think he'd have enough time.
1: Okay. So I'm going, but I still think I, I'm going career for the win. I think Tentaglu would get second, the long jump. And
2: then I would go Duplantis third. And then who do you think would be the fastest thrower?
1: Ryan Krauser, Daniel Stahl, Wajisek, Nowinski Nowi, Nowicki, and yeah. Nura, I can't say his name, Chopra, the Indian guy. So javelin, cause... hammer, discus, shot. Who who would win that battle? That sub
0: battle? He he's Chopper's the shortest of those guys. Am I correct in that, or would it be no? I mean, Krauser's I massive. Krauser's massive. Also, Chopper's the only brought... one who has
1: to run to throw. Like they run with the javelin, right? So there is that forward sure. motion that they have to make. Sure, sure. Uh,
0: I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Chopper. Him not, not. Yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, Stahl is Stahl is a a massive guy. I'm telling you, those guys are explosive. Those men and women who throw are are way, 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 way quicker than a lot of people realize. All right, let's bring up the
1: women's field. All right, you got a Thingmo, Faith Kipiegan, Safana
2: San, Peruth Chamutai, Perez Chapchichir, Lassen, I can't say these people's names, Maria
1: Lassen, Lassenkene, High Jump, Kading Ngo, vault, Miambo, Long Jump, Rojas, Triple, Gong of Alm Almond, Discus, Anita
2: of Hammer Throw, Sheeing, Javelin. What do you got? Uh, I think in- long. In- bone, yeah, in- I can't say her name.
1: My God, I'm the worst <laughs> at names. This is the worst podcast clip I've ever created of not being able to say these athletes' names that I cover. Anyway. I'm going long jump champion to win this.
0: Uh she's got a 11. Well, she ran eleven five last year in the long jump. Yeah. So she's got uh, in, in, in the hundred. Or she and she's run eleven two before. Yeah, Mihambo, I mean, I would take Rojas. I know it's kind of boring. Let's see This would be a situation where I think a thing mo might be able to slip in for that third spot. But I mean Najat's probably pretty quick out the blocks
2: and I think someone like
0: Yeah, I don't know. That one's tough. That's a toss up for me for the third one. I would be I stunned in all of these if the 1500, if anybody above 800 ever place top 3, I would be stunned in these. I would love to watch it, but I would be stunned.
1: I think that what would make this fun is you have three you have you have two rounds. You have uh yeah. a round that's 8 15 5 10 steeple marathon Marathoner. Top 2 qualify for the final. All right? And then you have another round that's high jump, pole vault, long jump, triple jump. Top 2 go to the final. And they have a third a third race that's shot put, discus, hammer, javelin. Top two go to final. So they have six that make the final. And then you take your two uh, at-large qualifiers based on time. And then you have your final to make it an eight-person final. That's what you do. So you get to see you know, uh, a throwing-only race, a jumping-only race, and a distance-only race. And then they take yeah. the top two from each of those. And then... You get your ultimate final, dude. This would be a great event. I would. love this, this is
0: again. I'm the I'm the Gordon idea judge here. I'm. I give this one a thumbs up. This is a good idea, for you. I would watch it because we're always talking about race a football player, race a baseball player, which is yeah. cool too. But this is way more Racing realistic. The champion. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would love to see. I think it would change track people's perspectives a bit too, which would be, which would be a lot of fun and then people are like wait have everybody run a 10k but you just ruined it dude no nobody wants to see that And then
1: you could put money on the line where like if you if you win your your field event group like if you're win the yeah. thrower race you get a bonus and then you get a bonus for top three so it encourages the throwers to try because obviously they know hey i'm not going to beat the long jumper champion but yeah maybe yeah i yeah. can beat the hammer thrower
0: you know you know i think it's pretty clear the the jumpers would be solid in this the long jump triple jump, but next time we if we ever have a thrower on the pod the next time we do it, well we will in the future we need to ask them this question where they think they would stack yeah. up in the hundred, right? If we talk to Krauser be like hey, you and Britson is the matchup that everybody's talking about in the hundred, <laughs> what do you think? You betting
1: on yourself? Yeah, um, it's just like we don't know because we have we we don't know how because. They also have the momentum because once they get their their body moving, it's 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 gonna take a while for it to yeah. slow down because this is a lot yeah. of mass going forward. So they yeah. once they get to their top speed, they're not losing it because it's just gonna carry across the
2: finish line. So I don't know. We gotta make this race happen. I'm looking at the fastest uh O line
0: forty yard dash. But apparently in 20 because you know o-linemen throwers yeah. somewhat similar yeah uh just a quick google tells me karen armstead in 2013 ran 4 7. one in the 40
2: for the fastest time
0: 4 seven's pretty quick like we're, we're used to the world of 4-2s and things like that but those are amongst guys who would be sprinting so 4 four sevens pretty fast
2: We'll see what happens. Anyway,
1: that's what got me thinking, seeing Rojas go to a long jump. It made me want to think of the ultimate 100-meter race with non-sprinters, the bunch of Olympic champions. Anyway.
0: I think we we got Tom, I think, uh, is our first ever member of Kevin's Kings. Uh, I'm seeing this in the chat. Welcome, Tom. I will not let you down. I know Gordon's goons are off to a uh, strong start, but I'm going to hold it down for you, man. I'm not going to forget about this. I'm honored um and really just yeah humbled at, at your support so there might just um, be exclusive Tom. There, there might just be exclusive dead Tom, dead tom to content that's all yeah i might just do the exclusive content for members might just be for me and like tom i might just do a tom cast that's that's i'm so there excited about this this is this is a big day in, uh in my life i'm pumped uh okay what do we got left here oh travis Laird was a clue on jeopardy that's pretty fun right you like you like trivia questions. See if you can get this one right, Gordon. Ready? This is from last okay. night. In 2021, LSU's men's team claimed the outdoor track and field NCAA title aided by Terrence Laird's time of 10.05 in this event.
1: Hmm. What is 100 meters?
0: Correct. Do you think – I don't know what they said, but do you think someone said 100 yards?
2: Maybe. That tried. could be a thing. Do you? Th- yeah.
0: Do you think – Terrence Laird probably obviously pumped that he got mentioned on Jeopardy. That's a bucket list type of deal. And 10.05 was his PB wind legal. But he also ran 9.80, right? Windy. Like we, I think of Laird as, as a sub 10 guy. I think part of like, man, I wish I could run just a little bit faster so on Jeopardy it started with a 9.
1: What do you think would have been, you know what would have been better if they would have picked like, uh, like what would be the most hardest time to find out what event that is, right? Because 10.05, I think people can kind of think track, 100 meter, 10, that's, that sounds about right, 10 seconds. But if they would yeah. have done like an 800 meter time, would they have been like, oh, what What does 140 yeah. mean? Like how, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what is that? Like,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know how many, how yeah. many meters that is. Yeah. No, 100 They should have tricked them with that.
0: I was in a writing class back in the day, and I wrote down a 5K time. It was part of the story I was writing. And there was a person reading it, and that it was like 1550 or something. And the person got to it and didn't know how to read the number. Like 1-5, like what? Wait, like is this is the time of day? Like they had no – to your point, they had no point of reference for a running time at all outside of seconds. <laughs> That was it. Maybe hours. If I wrote it out as hours, they would have understood it. But they, they had no clue. Yeah. I would have liked to see what they uh what 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 the responses were. Um okay. Do you want to talk about this? Uh did you put this Nike Adidas thing in the rundown? I did not. Oh. Nike versus Adidas. Shoe wars what it says in the rundown. Uh Nike seeks to block imports of Adidas knit shoes, Gordon. So nike is according to a bloomberg article asking the international trade commission to uh block some adidas shoes that are coming in claiming that the technology uh, in 49 adidas shoes um, is actually the, the flyknit technology which is infringing on nike's patents um adidas responded said that their prime knit technology quote resulted from years of dedicated research. So this is nothing new. There's a lot of patent wars within the uh, the shoe world, but of course it gets more attention now because we're in the midst of uh, great advances in, in shoe technology. Um, Nike says that the Flyknit technology is the product of a hundred million dollars spent on development. A hundred million. Um, and they settled lawsuits in January 2020 with uh, Puma and Skechers. What do you think, Gordon?
2: First of all, Flyknit imports. Fly, Fly net and Prime net, two uh
1: interesting names. I think Flyknit is better named than Fly Prime net. I don't know. Kind of reminds me of like, you know, all the different streaming sites. You got Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, I don't use a plus, a Prime, a Max. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Shoe names using words, this is always wild. So it seems I mean, I guess this is their job. There's people who are hired at Nike to find ways to mm-hmm. look at the competition and hey, you you use the same color scheme as us lawsuit. Yeah. But patents are always interesting. Like, does anyone own the patent of shoe? Like the idea of putting a foot into a bunch of material to protect it. Mm-hmm. Does someone own that patent? Mm-hmm.
0: Like the overall yeah. shoe patent? I don't know. I don't know how this works. Need a historian right. and a lawyer on this pod. I know that some there's some crossover here in terms of hey, I used to work at Nike and now I work at Adidas, or hey, I used to work That's at Adidas yeah. and now I work at Nike. What, what I've heard is once you make one move, you can't really go back again. But I'm assuming a lot of these people are very familiar with the same, you know, the same types of technologies because they've worked in in similar companies. Uh, maybe they had their training from from similar people but we're all gonna end up in the same place whether they call it something different or they'll figure out a way to tweak it but obviously Nike had the big head start with all the Vaporfly stuff and now you see everybody catching up and now everybody pretty much has a road shoe and then we saw last year with the spikes remember Nike was out in front and then other companies were letting their athletes wear Nike shoes sometimes they were having them take the swoosh off. Some people got released from contracts because they weren't able to get them a carbon fiber shoe. But I think by this year, it's going to settle down and the technology is going to be widespread enough. Or at the very least, athletes will get to make the choice about what shoe they wear. Um, That'll be something that's discussed in in the future in contracts. Do you think we're going to be talking about this in, say, two years? Like shoe technology, is that going to be a a big deal? Because we didn't really until a few years ago. And then it became half of the discussion but i could see a world where we go back to focusing on something completely different
2: yeah i think
1: now that everyone is slowly catching up to nike i also think that like is there another design out there that's gonna be another big drop in times like i don't know yeah i don't think there is um maybe in a few like 20 years is a new a new type of plate that they create—that's like a crazy new like invention—that's on stealth fighter pilot planes that they put into shoes, yeah. and all of a sudden, people are running another five percent faster. But I don't know. I think people also are just so- sick of it, like this, like the same way people are sick of talking about Russia doping. They're like, all right, let's uh, we get it. They they cheated. We get it. The Nike shoes are fast, but. We gotta keep moving on. We gotta, we gotta start watching the actual sport that we came here to watch, mm-hmm. and not just talk about what's
0: on their feet. So Nike obviously had the plate right, and then remember Adidas came out with the plate where the it was split, so it was like fingers, and it was following each one of the toes. And then I think it was, was it was a JoJo who posted those Puma shoes, where yeah, she yeah. okay, I'm looking at it now on December second on her on her Twitter. The second one, like you can see the plate in between the two pieces of the shoe. And, I mean, I don't know, aesthetics people can argue about. I don't know about the, the functionality of it. But people are taking this idea of the plate and the foam and then spinning it in different ways. And I think different ways will work for different types of athletes. Because the whole, whole idea is to, uh, you know, at the basic level, you need to be able to perform in them without getting hurt. And then past that, you need to think about, all right, what's the one that's going to give me the greatest advantage? But, yeah, when I saw her post these Puma shoes, I was like, okay, wow, we're, like, really, (laughs) really, really, like, experimenting. Like, there's even a sticker on it. It says, I'm made out of carbon, but I can still break, so please don't try. Because (laughs) the plate is just exposed. Yeah. I don't know.
2: I mean, plates, foam leather right. cloth.
1: I don't know. It's just a shoe. Yeah. And yeah. there's lots of very well-paid, very intelligent designers that all these companies that are paid to just create yeah. better shoes year over year over year. And they had a big bump past few years. And uh, now they're having little scumishes of being like, Hey, that's my idea. No, that's my idea. That's my idea. So,
0: yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so let the
1: shoe wars yeah. continue.
0: Tom in the chat says, a plus, a prime, a max, a goon, a king. That's a good summary for the show today. It's good. Oh, man. Um, wanted to end uh, with some sad, sad news in the, the running world. Found out uh, a few days ago that Matt Shear passed away. Uh, if you remember, he was an All-American during his time at the University of Oregon ran the the four hundred the four by four went on to become a incredibly successful pacer in the professional circuit rabbited multiple big time races and some of the fastest people in the world to to records then went on he stayed in the the running world worked at runner space so just an incredibly sad bit of news to hear that um that he passed. I remember watching him at Oregon when he ran the four hundred i mean he was very, very solid runner um, for the Ducks, part of some really good four by four teams for them as well. And then um, the one time I talked to him, I was new to covering running and I interviewed him because I wanted to know what a rabbit did. And he was very generous with his time. He had this website where he kept detailed uh, splits and of all of his races and like what the pace was called for and what he actually did. And he was always, right on i mean the guy knew how to hit that 52nd quarter or whatever the race called for he could do it um so he just explained the whole business uh to us and and how it worked and why he wanted to get into rabbiting and and what made a good rabbit and it was really really uh cool to learn about that aspect of the sport because um not everybody not everybody learns about it um not everybody gets the opportunity to um kind of see the sport from that perspective and as I mentioned before went on to stay in the in the running industry so just want to send uh condolences to you know friends family everybody who who knew him obviously he'd been around for a while so he had uh, deep connections in, in the running world so very sad day
1: yeah I mean I he was the epitome of the ultimate rabbit uh I just like when you think of if I had I couldn't I couldn't name there's rabbits in pretty much most elite races nowadays and for the past many years But there's only one rabbit i could name and it's him and Mm -hmm. i remember vividly him rabbiting david Rudisha in new york in 2012 when reducer ran 141 uh he was the rabbit there and he was he's the result of so many men's pbs over his time as a rabbit i looked it up he rabbited a total of 74 times in his career that's 74 times he chose to prioritize the field over himself. It's a lot of times to not think about yourself and to, to prepare for a race, to put your, your body through a hard effort. And the only thing mm-hmm. you get out of it is the, the, is the ability to help someone else. Now, obviously he's getting paid in some of these situations, but he chose to transform his career into a very kind of selfless career where it's not about winning medals or qualifying mm-hmm. for teams. He was like, hey, I'm going to live a life of trying to better these races, you know, and give the fans great moments, like Rudisha running 141 in New York. Like, Mm -hmm. that's I'll never forget that race. And seeing, Mm -hmm. like, Rudisha out there, just like... And then right behind him, the the greatest 800-meter runner ever, and then you see a 141 on U.S. soil. Um, But, yeah, it's so sad. I I was shocked when I saw the news. Uh, He's going to have a legacy, though. I mean, he... He's going to be the only rabbit I ever remember. Like on mm-hmm. from a face, from a name perspective. He he was doing something crazy and hey man, these these things are just so hard to like kind of comprehend, especially when someone's young and it happens. It's just like it's just sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hey, the guy had an all-time career. The most he was more unique than anyone else. He did something he found an avenue no one else will really replicate. Pays seventy four freaking times in his career at the pro level. Yeah. That's incredible. That's just like seventy four. Albert, like, that's a he lot of a like, he was a mainstay. Yeah.
0: he was a mainstay. Like, if there was a big eight hundred race, he was involved in it. And yeah, I'd mention how good he was at hitting the splits. He was also a bigger guy too, which made him perfect for this. Yes, because he was out there blocking the wind and leading the way in In all these races, and he came at it from the four hundred side of things, right as I mentioned at Oregon, he was a four hundred meter runner, ran forty five low um but had this incredible ability to do it and the desire to do it too so as I mentioned before, it was very sad, sad couple of days in the in the running world, so our best to everybody um who knew him, uh, worked with him, trained with him, was impacted by him um condolences to everybody so I think we is there anything else you wanted to preview for the weekend, Gordon?
2: Not really.
1: Uh USA Club Cross is happening, but it's kind of just an all the last weekend was a bigger weekend. We'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll bring the pod back on Monday. Start talking about some other things. So, but have a good weekend.
0: Should be a- yes, have a good have a good weekend. We'll have, yeah, we'll talk about the East Bay national championships on Monday. If anything comes out of Club Cross, we'll talk about that and we'll start uh kind of doing our year in review and look ahead to twenty twenty two. So thanks to Colt and Travis for producing. Thanks to everybody who joined and is now a member, especially Tom, first member of Kevin's Kings. Put down your LinkedIn, Tom. We'll talk to you guys next week.